0: You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do...
0: This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Stuart Goldsmith and today I'm recording from a rainy street, uh, having completely forgotten to sort the blurbs out for this week. Uh, it's all been hell for leather, so thanks very much to my editor, uh, Nathan Wood, for putting this all together for me uh, and for making the show sound as nice as I'm sure it does. Uh, so this week we have the brilliant Zoe Lyons, who, as you'll hear, uh, she's one of those comics in in whose orbit uh, I have recently found myself. We did that thing of not gigging together for, I mean, years and years and then suddenly hitting all the same gigs uh, for a period of about six weeks or so um, we i saw her do some fantastic work in estonia and uh, at the stand where uh, this this podcast is recorded at stan towers the flat over the road um so thanks very much to the stand for having us uh, and here is zoe she's she's a phenomenal comic and i think um i think this is a really fun interview we it was a fairly meandering one but i think that was the mood we were both in uh, so without further ado this is zoe lyons <laughs> So we were in, uh, we have done that thing recently that uh, that is a, a lovely treat as comedians, whereby you don't gig with each other for years, yes. and then we do literally five gigs in the space of a month. It's been strange, hasn't it? In the last month, yeah. we've gigged in Brighton. Yeah. Uh, I came and did Ben Double for yes. you. Yes. Oh, that was six show. weeks ago or something. Um, which is your Sunday night... Uh,
2: Sunday night of Comedia, uh, comedian, Slightly Brighton. Camp.
0: Yeah, love, yeah, Ben Double, great name. <laughs> Lovely, isn't it? We did that. We did the Tallinn Comedy Festival in Estonia. We're
2: huge in Estonia. We're
0: massive over there. And we're doing the stand in Edinburgh at the moment. It's yes. like in the space of a month.
2: Yeah, and we ha- we literally haven't worked together for, I would say it's years, Stu. I think it's probably years. Unless you've been on bills together in the Edinburgh Festival. Um, Not even that. No. I don't know that we have. Strange, isn't it? We did used to geek together an awful lot more in the early days, I think. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you're with Christian Knowles now, who used to be my agent. Yes. So there it's is. It's all very It's small, all very it's incestuous it's
2: all ve- We've all touched each other in, <laughs> in various ways, yes.
0: So something I really noticed, I want to talk a bit about the, uh, the Tallinn gig. We'll, yeah. we'll dive straight into material and stuff like that and then yeah. we'll, we'll pull back and hear about your fascinating growing up in uh, Scotland story <laughs> yeah. that you mentioned earlier on. Um, but something that really struck me... Uh, about the gig you did in Tallinn was that you did some stuff about uh, buying a banana that cost five euro. And it was a sort of a three or four minute bit. And it involved a really great act out of eating this banana and all the rest of it. And then afterwards you said that that had literally happened to you that day.
2: Yes, or it the happened. previous day. No, it happened that day on my way from because I'd gone to Tallinn the most w- weird way via Copenhagen. It had taken about a day to get there, and I'd um, I'd been to Copenhagen there before, so I was aware that I was um, uh, I wasn't rich enough to buy a sandwich there. It's, yes, it's, if you've ever been to, yes, to Scandinavia, you know you pleasant. can't yeah. you can't treat yourself to a sandwich. What the hell do you think you are, Rockefeller? <laughs> so I thought, well, surely I'm in the banana sort of zone of the budget area, and. Um, banana but i i have no idea of the currency either i'm really bad when i go traveling i'm just like take the discs that correspond to the press of the banana and i think i spent about five euro on a banana and um yeah, I just sat and thought about it for a while and I just turned it into a little routine when I was so in So did you...
0: Oh, so you turned it into a routine at the airport. It wasn't that it... That's interesting. So you, you put some thought into doing it on stage yes. before you did it on stage. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. relieved to hear that because yeah. otherwise I'd have to cope with the idea yeah. that you a little thing could happen and then just four, perfectly four but minutes. You, but I that. think
2: all comedians do that. As things are occurring human, you, mean, you could be slipping off the side of a, f- of a cliff facing imminent death and it, there's a part of your brain going, this could be material. Where
0: are the beats in this? Yeah. Yeah, this, <laughs> in this is... a cliff yeah, story. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so everything that occurs has that sort of... Uh, so, yes, as I'm handing over more and more change to this woman in Copenhagen Airport, you're going, this is, this is funny in my head. This is. I... I like the awkwardness of those sorts of situations, particularly when you're on your own, you know, and you spend so much time on your own doing this that you have to find the funny in all of the little things. Yes. Even if it's for your own amusement.
0: I, I worry that I don't spot nearly as much funny stuff as i could Mm. because i'm by nature a problem solver like i i and i think comedy comes from having problems with things like being disgusted at the price of a banana not having Mm. the right money for a banana Mm. the banana itself being problematic when you get it Mm. and i think i miss loads of potential comedy things because my system is i've i've I, I will have worked out in advance how much the banana is likely to cost. Yes. I've got the correct money. And if it doesn't get the correct money, I will work out a way to. I was going to say, steal the banana. What yes. do you know what I mean? I'll solve the problem. Do you think that you are attuned now to problems?
2: Oh, um, I don't know whether I'm attuned to problems. I'm very much attuned to awkwardness. I really enjoy Awkwardness. Do you really? Yeah. Because I
0: hate it. I cringe, and I can't wait to get out of there. And afterwards, I think oh, now well, a, r- a real comedian would have stayed in that I moment think and because, found out what I happened. think
2: because we have to expose ourselves to so much awkwardness, being being literally being on your own so much, eating on your own, traveling on your own. There are so many awkward moments where, that in the end, you just sort of revel in them. They they become your companions, and they, they become your stories that you take around with you. That's. I, I want to dig a bit
0: deeper into that because I like the idea of that. Mm. But is how much is that like? a funny thing to say, and how much is that actually... If you put yourself in the situation now of something incredibly awkward that just happened today, say... How much of it is, like, do you actually enjoy the awkwardness of the moment as it's happening? Or are you cringing but thinking, I, I get to get something out of this? Yeah, secretly? there's an
2: element of cringing but thinking, I get to get something out of it. I remember a couple of years ago, I did, I did the um, uh, Melbourne Comedy Roadshow Festival. Mm-hmm. The, comedy road, the Comedy Roadshow. So I went yes. on the roadshow with, uh, with the, um, the, the Melbourne Comedy crew. And I had about three or four days on my own in Sydney... And you do, you start to unravel a bit when you spend that much time on your own. And I thought, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to treat myself one day. I thought, I'll treat myself. I'll go to Japantown and uh, I'll get myself some really nice sushi. I thought, I'll treat myself. I went to this sushi bar in Japantown. I was the only non-Japanese person in there. And it was what I can only describe as, we're all used to sort of yo sushi here where you recognise things that are coming around the conveyor belt. I had never seen anything like it. It was like the men in black had unleashed aliens onto tiny little plates coming around this sort of sushi belt in in Sydney and uh i i got more and more awkward because i just did not know what to eat honestly they were coming past with like four or five eyes on kind of going hi how you doing i'm a gold plate you want to eat me i'm like i have no idea what you are and um in the end i think i had a miso soup and a piece of tuna and just left horribly and hurriedly and um and scuttled back to my room and sat in there and i thought that was brutal and awkward um but I'll turn it into something later. That'll be all right. I'll get some, I'll get some good stuff out of that okay. later. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I do kind of enjoy the awkwardness of it. Okay.
0: It? Yeah. Okay. Um, you said to me... This is good because you, this, is, this is. I'm revealing now the fact that when you know comedians just say things in passing to me, I secretly write them down. Yeah. Let's let's kind of start with this. You said to me every two years I get a creative dry patch. Yeah. And I feel like an imposter.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's
0: talk about that for a bit because you. I think it was in the context of you felt that you were just coming out of it.
2: No, I think I'm still really in it. Tell me about that. It's Tell me awful. about it. It's awful. I had a really good show last year in Edinburgh and I I put together what I think was a really good show and uh, it was very well received and I probably had my best Edinburgh to date. This
0: was mustard cutter. Yeah, and
2: I felt really comfortable on stage and I was enjoying the material. And then since then, it's just, I've found it really difficult to write stuff. Really difficult. Um... Uh, and and I and I'm not boasting here, but I do have a reputation on the circuit of being fairly prolific. I know people often say to me, "Oh, I'd never seen any of that stuff before." Absolutely, or, absolutely. Or you know, you, do, you do always do new stuff, but I never feel there's enough there, and it's just at the moment, it's just it's just been really tough. It's, yeah, to the point where you go, I don't know if I'll write anything ever again. So when I do something like get on stage and make a routine out of a banana incident that day, that makes me feel so much better. it yes. makes me feel like I'm yes. connected and doing something. And so, I've, I've since taken it and I'm doing, I'm sort of turning into a little routine here. I've been doing it for the last few nights in Edinburgh, yeah. the banana thing, and you sort of go, okay, I'll try and work on that and take it somewhere else. And um,
0: But there, but there's still that has a sense, doesn't it? Or does it, that, that underneath that that you're like oh 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 god i've got got to get something out of this i've got to prove to someone to me
2: yeah yeah you constantly you never switch off do you as a comedian i mean you never switch off you might have a day off but it's not a day off is it you never switch off from yourself you're constantly on uh and even if you're just sort of a low level hum there's always something you know there's always that feeling that you should be producing something and when you just can't or haven't it's it's awful. And let's
0: just see how many how many hours have you done? What hour number was that?
2: Uh 6. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you obviously this is because this is the thing this is one of my I think one of the crusades of this uh, podcast is to convince people who are brilliant that they should relax because it's okay they're definitely brilliant (laughs) (laughs) and i can see in your body language now is sort of like no 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 (laughs) i won't have it (laughs) so you've done six hours does Mm -hmm. the beginning of writing a new hour does that feel like oh god how am i going to do it or does it feel like this is going to come but it's going to take hard work do you feel confident about it like that that kind of the tabula rasa stage of going right all of that stuff's kicked out
2: yeah yeah um, I think I'm approaching that point where I'm quite happily to quite happy to chuck out everything I've done and start again. I feel I've, I'm starting to feel a little bit better in myself and that I can sit down and write some new stuff now.
1: Okay. But
2: it has been. Where are we now? It's May, June. You know, it's um, September, October. Six, seven months of like not a lot.
0: Really. Not a so month. what's a, what's a usual week for you in terms of your turnover? Your kind of. Like, do you describe your writing week to me? Yeah, and it could be. I don't have a
2: writing process. When people say to me, What's your writing process? There really isn't one. There's no set way of producing stuff. I do a lot of walking, and I think a lot when I'm walking. Okay. And showers—that's where a lot of things. I don't, don't, that's know. A, there's a thing online If I'm well exercised and wrinkly, I know I've been
0: thinking <laughs> a lot. There's there's a, there's a thing online I think called shower thoughts, like hashtag shower thoughts, yeah. which are moments when they're almost like perfectly formed Stephen Wright jokes.
2: Yeah, you know, you go oh. Oh my god. I must remember that before I condition my oh I've forgotten it. Yeah, 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 right. You need I need a waterproof pad in the shower or something to so write on. Do you ever do you
0: ever go right today I'm having it. like I've seen you in here where it yeah. Stands Towers in Edinburgh and I've seen you kind of go I'm gonna do some work. Yeah. And you're writing on your iPad.
2: Yeah.
0: So what what's that what part of the process is that? Is that something that you've thought about as you were walking or you've tried to buy a banana in an airport and yeah. you said it once conversationally. Yeah. So, so then okay, that exists in some form.
2: So then I'll write that down and then I'll try and sort of think of jokes around it. It's more to log it so I don't forget it and, yes. you know, so I don't lose it. And
0: when you say think of jokes around it, are you kind of going, like, what? what's the... Let's try and trace the, the kind of the path of how you dig into it. Like, what it, things do you pull out of it? Do you it, go, OK, it was in an airport, here's what I think about airports? Or do you go, what's the emotional core of the situation?
2: Yeah, I mean...
0: I know this is it's an impossible my, question I'm asking my, you.
2: So. My, my approach to comedy is quite physical, and I would say fairly surface. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not doing myself. I'm not. I'm not I mean, so whenever I uh, approach a new routine, often I mean I act a lot of stuff out, and I get the jokes from acting things out. So, when I did it in Talon for the first time, and I just put on the accent of the then and people laughed, so I did it a bit more, and then you did it a bit more, and then you embellish it, and then you sort of work on that um, uh that's how it sort of comes about that's how it that's how it sort of starts, and then i 'll write bits down i 'll write keywords down, and then i'll try and you know think where else I can take it um Often there's a brick wall and nothing else is
0: there.
2: <laughs> I'll be very honest. Often you kind of go, well, well, that's that bit done. That's <laughs> that. So,
0: are there when you're kind of doing act outs? Are you on stage? Is part of you kind of going, I've got, to, I've got to log this? Are you, are you recording your gigs when you do them?
2: Mm, I will record my previews now. I'm very, I'm much better at doing that. I'll record previews, uh, and if I have a thought on stage that or something. Um, something gets developed on stage, I'll, I'll come off and write that down. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not very good at recording all of my gigs. I mean, I, I know disrespect to you and I, I know disrespect to your listeners either, but I hate the sound of my own voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I find it It's really... hard. It's hard
0: to put yourself through it. Oh. And I, I tell you what, the other the thing that I've been... I think I've... I, I had a real creative spurt earlier this year, and then I've kind of slightly regressed from how exciting that was, of uh, creating all this new stuff. At the moment, I'm in a period of, like doing every gig, recording every gig, mm-hmm. listening to it the next day or the next writing mm-hmm. time and then kind of sort of picking it apart and going, oh, I said that slightly better, maybe that mm-hmm. can go further. And I think what I've got, I've sort of got caught in this trap of like endlessly finessing the same stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. I've sort of discovered like pushing food around the plate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That I'm sort of, like, I don't know that I'm being as creative as I was a couple of months ago because I've made a wodge of stuff and so I, I no longer have the, the absolute cold fear of, oh shit, I've got yes. to create some stuff.
2: yeah. But, there's, but, there's, but there's, real, um, there's, there's, there's real benefit to be taken from, from finessing it as well, though.
0: I think so, but I think in the past I've ended up with a half-good idea that's really well finessed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so when it works, it's really great, but it's unrele- you can't I trust it.
2: the golden turd. Exactly, exactly <laughs> right. A,
0: polished to an inch of its life. <laughs> so what I'm trying to do now is save all the finessing for July... Yes, and just work on creating new stuff. That was the plan when I was happily producing loads of stuff yeah. two
2: months ago. Well, welcome to my world. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So have you? Do you recognise this process
0: for you? Are you like, oh, this is the bit where I'm in a rut? It's going to be okay. Yes,
2: I'm. I'm not so good at recognising it. My wife is very good at recognising it and goes, so we've been here before." Yeah, as I'm sort, of, as I'm sort of sat in the corner in a onesie rocking back in two, and she's like, love, we've, we've been here before. And I'm like, no, we haven't, this has never been this bad. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, we really have, we have, it'll be fine. And um, she's very good at kind of going, yeah, you plateau she's... for about four months and then you'll pop out the other side. You'll come up with some joke about a bin bag and you'll pop out the other side and you'll be happy for a week.
0: And that's it, isn't it? There's some element whereby... Do, do you think, this is, I'll stop making pronouncements myself, do you think that your creativity is linked to how much you believe in yourself?
2: Oh, totally. But my problem is I don't believe I'm very creative. I, and I, uh, so I'll explain that.
0: She says six hours in. I love it. I love comedians. Look at us. God, I, go. On.
2: Um, I, I think the creative side of my, or, or being a, a creative, is the weaker side of, of my comedy persona. I believe I'm a funny person with funny bones and uh, uh, very good at clowning and mimicking, and I find the writing and the creating the hardest part. That's When I first started doing comedy, I kind of, it kind of dawned on me that I was not the most... I was so thrilled to be, to be doing it yeah, and I, I to get on the stage and to start doing stand up and then then of course then you shine a light on and you go oh all oh right you you're this this is what you are you yes. you um it's like watching a drunk cross the roads they have all the confidence of the, but they have no <laughs> <laughs> no skill in coordination and I'm I know 12 years in that I am not the most original uh, creative person that's where my that's and that's where all my self doubt hangs i know i can get on stage and perform i'm a very very good performer um and i love to perform but my self-doubt hangs on my on whether my stuff is Creative enough, original enough, good yes, enough. Yes,
0: because as soon as you recognise you're a good performer, then presumably the, the negative voices go, well, obviously you're a good performer, Zoe. Yeah. That's not up for grabs.
2: Perform the hell out of this shit. You know? Yes, yeah. yes,
0: perform the hell out of this yeah. this hacky shit yeah. that anyone could do sort of thing. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking...
2: <laughs> so feels very
0: s- wrong to be speaking the voice of someone else's discontent. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. Because if you look at... If you, again, that, that hour that I saw you do recently in Tallinn... There's stuff, and, and again, oh, we were, in, we were in Oxford as well the other week as well. Of course, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, so to look at that stuff, uh, something that I kind of, the way I think of your stuff is you're really good at finding, like, finding really good topics to to then get loads of stuff out of, like your stuff about wine in a bag. Mm, yeah. You get your teeth into that subject and get loads and loads and loads of stuff out. I
2: milked that routine, yeah. But
0: part of the job is milking the routine, Uh, isn't it? There's no (laughs) point having one observation and then moving on. You might as well get your teeth in and come up with every single. It's very satisfying. Something my my fiance was saying about your uh, about that set because she was there at the time and she was like, oh, she was like, I think you should try and do that, Stu. She just has like three topics and then just spends ten minutes on each, yeah. and bang, that's a set. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really good point. It, that, they kind of, I yeah. think it instils a lot of confidence in the viewer. You kind yeah. of go, oh, she's not just... She hasn't just got a, you know, a grab bag together of bits it, of jokes that work. Yeah, It sort of displays, like, I'm doing this subject... And here's everything on that subject. That's
2: every, I think I've said everything that needed to be said yeah, about this yeah. wine. I just recently did that routine again on television, and I went, "That will now die. That will be put to bed. That routine It's, now, been, it's a it's while old. To, is it? Yeah, it's going to it's going to now be rested. Okay, it's going to. How long is that? F-
0: How long have you had that routine for?
2: Um, two years. Okay. Yeah.
0: And what you're already thinking? Oh, this is I've done that for too long. Yeah. So and I, I think, think once you've... you've done
2: it on the telly box as well, then yes. it's like, okay, bye-bye. And you do it, till it you're going to go, I will... I'm... It's almost like killing it. Well done, my child, you have done your job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and when you wrote that, let's, talk, let's just stay with that routine for a minute, because it's oh. one I can, sort of, I can imagine very clearly. Um, what, was the, what was the seed, what was the kernel of that idea?
2: Uh, we were on holiday in France, and uh, uh, it, was, it was quite... We were at my brother's wedding in France, and it was quite a boozy affair. <laughs> and it was just a box of wine in the shelf in the fridge and I was like god they're great because nobody can tell how much you've had and yes. that was my like, it was just guilty That's secret the, okay, thought. yeah because okay. it just sits there and I was like nobody can tell that I have been I've been on this since 10 o'clock this morning because <laughs> 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 you're on holiday
0: and that that line that that observation it that comes at about halfway through yeah what's now kind of a 10 minute routine yeah That's really interesting to see that grown. It's grown in front and it's grown afterwards as well. Because I remember when, by the time you get to that observation, we've had quite a lot on wine and boozing and your relationship to booze. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So do you you start with the observation, and then what's the next bit? I mean, you might not remember exactly in what order it came, but is it just a case of saying that on stage and going?
2: Yeah. I mean, I did not write that routine. It just occurred. Okay. They occur on stage. You know, you will just. I'll have a thought and then so then i'll write that thought down but then the the routine will just develop on stage
0: so the first time you try and do that thought on stage to help that it develops, are you wedging that in, in a, on a Friday night gig or are you mm. doing it in a new stuff well, between I between two good
2: bits? I, t- I tend to do a lot of new stuff at my show, Bent Double in, at Brighton, uh, because I host it every month and it's a very regular crowd. So yes. they've seen all my stuff. So yes. every month I've got to do new stuff. And it's a really popular gig and I know I've got to do stuff that will, you know will land so i uh i perform it with gusto and uh, mm. that's usually where i develop stuff from there
0: something i notice about that routine is that every joke has got a tag on top of a tag on top of a tag and the yeah. other thing is it's got an image on top of an image like you're really good at imagery
2: i work in pictures okay let's that's, talk about that yeah i just work in pictures
0: so do you do you draw no, routines just, ever or you just just you, think in pictures how do you know that how do you compared to compared to what
2: uh work, um, um i don't know it's just the way I work. i'm very um because my stuff is very animated and i and i i do clown about quite a lot mm. it is very visual so i work in in my mind jokes work in pictures yes. I stopped being quite so physical on stage a few years ago because I felt, I felt, uh, you know, I was I was forty at the time, and I thought, is this undignified? (laughs) I really did. I kind of went, do I look like a total dick? And I stopped being so physical on stage. And again, it was it was my wife who went, "Why why have you stopped? Why have you stopped that then? She went, that's what makes you funny. I went, oh. Oh, yeah, I and guess it is. Again. Yeah, and people do enjoy it when I. I mean, I have. I have no shame. I will lark about like an arsehole now. <laughs> so this
0: is Zoe she 's so naturally funny and uh, I really urge you to check out her shows I believe she's at Edinburgh again this year and uh, you oh no she's not she 's definitely not we've talked about this yes yes she, she isn't so tough um, but uh, I'm sure you can see her at a club near you somewhere or on tour uh, do check out her online presence as well um, so back to the rest of the conversation with Zoe in a moment uh, I've got some fantastic episodes in the can i've got I didn 't want to tell you until I'd actually recorded it but I have now got an episode with Matt Lucas who- came round to my actual flat uh this week and uh, so that one is in the can a fantastic uh comedian and uh, we've got some really good stuff on George Dawes coming up in that episode uh and uh, as well as Pompidou and his feelings about the critical receptions of Pompidou which is as he would describe his uh, his his favorite project the project that, uh, that he's most proud of uh, and how that has been fairly panned by a lot of audiences so uh, uh, some interesting stuff on that and also one of my favourite ever answers to the question are you happy uh, that's coming up with Matt Lucas all in good time uh, Dar O'Brien is in the can I believe next week we're going to bring you Will Anderson I know I've been promising you the Ian Stone podcast for a long time that's been in the can for a couple of weeks uh, but it will come out of the can after we've done Will Anderson and those of you who have been paying attention online will know that I've booked the final guest and made that public uh, for the Soho Theatre shows uh, Will Anderson is the 2nd of June uh, that's Tuesday next week and uh, the final one on the 7th of July at Soho Theatre and remember to use the discount code FAF to get 25% off your tickets the final guest is none other than Adam Buxton uh, I, it will be such a pleasure to welcome out, uh, to welcome Adam to the show he is a genuinely prodigious creator of things you'll be aware of Adam online you'll, you'll know him from the Adam and Joe podcast which is one of the first podcasts I ever got into absolutely brilliant um, and also from his numerous other projects he's one of those people who just knew Tindles away in his shed, chucking out video after interview, after animation, after song. Uh, I cannot wait to, to get to the bottom of Adam's creativity. So that's all coming up soon. Uh, you can get tickets for those at SohoTheatre.com. I will be announcing the Edinburgh Fringe lineup very soon. Uh, and remember, you can, of course, come and see me at the Edinburgh Festival at the Cannons Gate at 4.55pm daily uh, with my own solo show uh, entitled An Hour. And you can come and see, in the last fortnight, uh, you can come and see live ComCom. I've got news of an exciting Kickstarter project coming to you soon, so keep them peeled for that. Uh, and thank you once again for all your donations. They're very, very much appreciated. Uh, the Kickstarter is going to show you a tangible use for your donations so if you haven't donated yet and you're looking forward to doing that then the Kickstarter project will be exactly up your street I think and so look out for that coming soon and yes you can donate if you like at comedianscomedian.com go to the PayPal button and uh, you can enter whatever amount of money you think is appropriate I've got to brush up my bottling skills Uh, bottling is the process by which a street performer asks you for money at the end of a show Uh, I've been banging on I've not done the free fringe for several years and I've been telling all the Free fringe acts in the meantime oh you've got to do it like this this and this and now I have to apply those rules to my own show so that uh, you come and see uh, me attempt to do that like back in the old days Um, so the yes the Edinburgh shows are at Black Medicine at 11pm in the last fortnight uh, of the Edinburgh Festival and we've already booked Jason Byrne Uh, we've got Daniel Sloss, and we've got some very exciting people on a pencil as well. I'll bring you more names as and when I know them, uh, but keep them peeled and look at at Pod for more details on those. That's everything for now. Uh, Thanks for all those donations, and thanks to the one or two people who've uh, pressed a bit of cash into my hand in the meantime. Uh, James, thank you for coming to that gig at the Finsbury, uh, and many many others of you besides. So thank you very much. This is the conclusion of my conversation with Zoe Lyons. It's, I'd say something that's quite unusual about you, just talking to you now, is you you seem very comfortable going, I'm a really funny performer. I've got funny bones. Mm. And that's something people are normally kind of like, well, you know, I don't know if
2: i know Yeah, like because I'm, I'm equally comfortable with telling you what my weak spo- point is. Yeah, yeah well. I'm not accusing yeah, you of yeah, you know, yeah. being overly
0: <laughs> kind of you know, proud or anything.
2: <laughs> i am very happily exposed my underside yeah, as well. Yeah,
0: but it's nice. The, the aspect of it that isn't about the underside, you know, that, mm. that positivity about going, I'm a funny person. Yeah. How do you, like, that That interests me, because I'd love to have that kind of self-belief.
2: Oh, uh, well, but you, but you must have, because you can't fake it for, a, you, you know, because you've been going slightly less than me. Slightly a couple
0: of years less. Yeah. yeah.
2: So you know you've got to be a funny person if you've been doing it for... No,
0: I, my neurosis goes, I've been getting away with this
2: the whole um, time. Of course, but I think every comedian feels that. Every comedian feels that. For a very, very long time, every time I went on stage, my, my initial thought was, I'm the weak link here. This, is the, this really? is the point where the show goes tits up. I'm the weak link. But then once you realise that most people feel like that, you just have to sort of put it to the side and it's just background noise.
0: Something Ian Stone said to me is that he, uh, he came to a point where he just stopped caring. And yeah. he was saying it's not about stopping caring. He just, he, I think what he meant was he stopped caring about whether or not they liked him. Mm. And on that day he went, oh, I was going to was going to do this. Yeah. Flum, you know. Yeah. Um
2: I suppose do you care about whether or not they like you? I think you've got to care whether or not they like you because otherwise and it's just a really awkward situation of perhaps up to 200 people not liking you at the same But can they find <laughs> but, you funny and not like you? Um Oh, yeah, or I guess. With
0: with you, then specifically with you, do they yeah. have to like you to laugh at you?
2: Um I don't know whether that's <laughs> I mean, we've all experienced the person in the audience who's just taken an instant dislike to you as you walk on the stage. And, you know, I've had those gigs where you're doing really, really well, but there's just one person with their arms folded and looking at you like they want to kill you. And you go, this is, this is obviously... I have no control over that. No, so. sure,
0: but, that, I mean, that's in the case of an individual. But, yeah. like, do you... I don't know. Something I find is that they they like me. Them liking me is really important to them. Yeah, it's probably important to me as well. And but if I say you're very something, you're likable
2: on stage, and I think I'm likable on stage. I think, yeah, I think I I'm think likeable. you pander
0: to them probably slightly less than I do. I think really? I'm trying to stop pandering to them quite so much. And you're they like you, but they respect you.
2: Um, Possibly, yes. I mean, I know when I first started, I was desperate for people to like me. Okay. I, you know, yeah, of course you have that. Like me, like me. don't look at me like that. Love me, hold me close. Um, and yes, of course, that lessens as you get older, I think, and more experienced. But you still want to be liked on stage, but it's just less. If I left feeling everybody'd hated me, I would get over it a lot quicker than I used to do. You know, it used to be crushing if you died horribly, I mean... I spent weekends in the fetal position on the sofa after an awful death of a gig. And I died at a gig maybe about six months ago. And I timed it. It took 20 minutes for me not to care afterwards you timed it yeah. I love it I love every detail of that
0: story I'm very pleased for you that yeah. it's only taking 20 minutes now and I, I love that's the sort of thing I do if I get a flat tyre I time myself yeah. <laughs> I got in it.
2: the car and I waited for the feeling to subside and then I looked at the clock and I went that was 20 minutes from leaving that's the stage right. to, <laughs> to, to getting in the car and driving to feeling nothing again to like oh I'm back to zero yes yeah good for you yeah it's, but that's taken a few years to get to that point
0: and And when you say it's taken a few years, is it just time or is it kind of thinking on your part? Have you ever, have you kind of learned to think your way out of it or is it just a case that it's, it's just... Yeah,
2: sure. I mean, at certain gigs, it really isn't your fault at certain gigs. It really isn't. You know, the room's not set up right, they're not set up right, the promote, you know, things things are just not set up for comedy to succeed. It needs very few things, but they are important. And sometimes it's really not your fault. Sometimes it's entirely your fault. So it's being able to recognise when, when, when it was perhaps not your fault and when it mm. was your fault. And even when it's your fault, hey, everybody has bad days at the office.
0: I think, actually, that, that thing of being able to go, oh, you know that bloke in the audience, I kind of turned him into a heckler. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Really, that's my fault. Yeah. And actually, if I can accept that, even though you kind of go, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't, he attacked me... As soon yeah. as you can go, no, that was my fault, it does help you move on emotionally yeah. sooner, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I kind of shot myself in the foot there because... This is what
2: I did wrong. I misinterpreted yes. that. I put that sort of emphasis on this. I did that. I did that. Okay, nobody died. 50 people in Kent had a slightly disappointing evening, but we'll move on from it. We'll all, we'll all live another day.
0: Something that happened to me the other night in, um, in Bracknell, a brilliant gig, the comedy yeah. centre in Bracknell. Um, I just I was doing a, a closing, whatever it was, 20, I think, And two minutes from the end, it'd be going really, really well. Someone was chatting in the audience really loudly and openly, not heckling, probably talking about the gig, but just loudly Mm. during quite a fragile, newer little bit that I was popping in. And I told her off and I said, "Uh, It's probably sort of, it's kind of too near the end now for you to talk. And I tried to say it nicely. And the audience, if I tell someone off, they hate me because part of my relationship with them is based on warmth. Yeah. And. I don't think it's anything I'm consciously trying to do, but there is some element whereby if they, if they go, oh, he's being mm. a bit of a dick, everyone just turns off me. It's like yeah. I've broken the code. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any kind of version of that? Do you have things where you go, oh, shit, I've uh, lost this? Uh,
2: um, possibly trying new, new material. That is, it, uh, I tried something the other night that didn't quite work, and I thought, I think this is making me sound racist. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, that really isn't my intention in this piece of material. But because it wasn't so well thought out, and like I say, because I like to work things out on stage, I was going, oh, right, I'll have to pull away from this. Bring out the box of wine! Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But um, I've learned when it comes to taking on people in the audience or talking to people in the audience, I've seen so many comics, misinterpret what's actually going on in the yes, room... Yes, God, yeah, absolutely. And turn something into a situation that really doesn't need to be there. Yes. That I, so I always... Uh, I never go in aggressively. You've
0: got to give everyone the maximum benefit, benefit of, the of the doubt. Gout. Yeah.
2: Because I've seen things turn where you go, ee, that didn't require that level of... Uh, yeah. yeah. That venom. Eee, that's gone nasty. So i always give people the benefit of the doubt
0: your crowd work is again excellent this <laughs> stuff when you were the stuff about the black bread and the bloody sausage yeah. do you remember that, <laughs> that bit, have you? that's a thing that wasn't recorded and will yeah. i'm sure never be repeated but <laughs> but i remember like you had a really good kind of a, a chat to someone about you were asking what the national dishes mm. of estonia were there was a bloody sausage which was a bit of a gift you did yeah. loads with it and then later on you reincorporated it and then later on it came up again and yeah. and like, I just wanted to talk to you kind of about about crowd work. Obviously, you compare... Do you mm. just compare your own club, or do you compare um, other clubs? I
2: do compare other places, but mostly my own gig, yeah. Okay, and yeah. what
0: are your strategies for comparing? What advice would you give to someone that was new? What, what are the kind of the key principles of it's doing it well? It's listening,
2: isn't it? It's really listening and taking your time. Um, uh, all, all of the stuff is there. You just have to listen... And um, yeah, slow da- slowing down when you're doing that sort of thing. Because I, I find if I get stressed or I get anxious or nervous, I don't know whether you find this, the shutters of your mind sort of go. And close down. They're like, uh, "We're out of here. So uh, we'll just leave you with a face and a mouth." <laughs> uh, but the brain area is leaving for now. We're just going to work out our way back the uh, the tradesman's entrance. So if I slow right down and think, and just give those extra beats to think about what somebody said to me, all it takes is an extra second, and it feels feels like a long time in your head, but it's nothing to an audience. It's nothing to an audience. That's
0: interesting. I find I've got to say the first thing that comes no, into no, my mind. No, no, give it a
2: beat. Just give it a little bit of a moment. Because time works in different ways, doesn't it, for us and them? That's a really... No-one's made the
0: observation before. Yes, I totally agree with that.
2: Yeah. I'll
0: listen back to a gig thinking, oh, I didn't do so well there, and then yeah. you listen back and you go, oh, no, actually, yeah. they liked it. And all the yeah. bits that I thought were huge, gaping pauses where I couldn't remember what was coming next just sounded like I was being
1: thoughtful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Time time works in different ways, for, depending on which side of the stage you're on. So because um, I I tend to talk quite quickly on stage anyway and the more if I get nervous then that ramps up so I've had to learn to sort of just twist it the other way and just slow it right down because nothing happens when you're at full breakneck speed so um, yeah it's just having that one second or two
0: and do you, do you think that your persona on stage is the- same as off stage
2: it's a magnified version
0: and which bits are you magnifying mm,
2: the 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 physicalities i mean i do it anyway i'm quite a sort of i think i'm a fairly springy sort of a person and i you know I, <laughs> that's a lovely I, way of putting it yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah you are springy you know i I'm sort of I, I will lark about i will I, I will strike a pose just to make somebody laugh. Um, okay. You know, this is how I've had <laughs> 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 such a successful relationship. 17 years of striking poses and pulling faces. <laughs> um, uh, so I just exaggerate that part of it. Um, and I'll make myself look a bit dumb. I'm not the brightest, so that's an exaggeration. <laughs> but it's an exaggeration of something that's already there. Okay. Yeah.
0: And are there elements of you yourself that you suppress or hide
2: on stage? Um, I try and hide the... <laughs> the um, I suppose now, like, t- talking about the, the comparing situations or the heckling situations, that's, that's slightly aggressive, <laughs> you know, that could yeah. be there. Yeah, that I would hide that. Because yeah, so, there are times when you really just want to go... Oh, <laughs> You just want to lose your shit, but you can't. You know, you got to, I mean, you got to... Stay in control. I once lost it with a heckler. You do it, you do it once or twice, and then you learn from it. I lost it with a heckler. It didn't end well for me or the heckler. It didn't end well for anybody in the room. You know what I mean? The room. It was like. "Mm And I remember explaining it to somebody, and somebody just said to me, "Yeah, you you lost your sense of humour there, Zoe, didn't you?" And I went, "Yeah, I totally did." Oh man, I totally. That's the
0: worst, isn't it? That's the worst defeat, really.
2: But it's but it's your responsibility, I think. Yeah. To, to take control and keep control and to do it in a way that so...
0: That is my Achilles heel is getting angry on stage. Yeah. If, ever, if ever I get angry, if I just think someone is so yeah. stupid or offensive or racist mm. or... Just, do you know what I mean? If I just go, oh, I can't be bothered with... It. And I always think you people. Yeah, I tell yeah. the entire you're... audience. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, just learning to sort of um, at least look like you're still in control.
0: And how did you bring yourself to comedy? Who are you? You were saying before that you, as a teenager, you grew up in Scotland, in Edinburgh?
2: I No, I, uh, as a kid we moved from... I, I grew up in Ireland and then we moved to England and then from England we moved to Scotland when I was about 10, 11 uh, and I lived in Glasgow until I was about 17. I went to university at 17, went to an English university. Okay. I went as far away as possible <laughs> yeah. Where did you go? Which one was I it? went to York. Actually it wasn't as far away as possible. <laughs> it, was, it was as far away it's as, decently as, as far. a mini metro would go in those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went to school, I went to secondary school in Glasgow. Yes. Yes. With an English accent. <laughs> um you
0: now you said this in a yeah, I mean that must have been a yeah. that must have been an issue. Was that an issue? Well You were saying was, you weren't the class clown. No. But what, were you trying to be? Did you try No,
2: and... I discovered years later that my nickname at school was The Freak. Really?
0: Yeah, I was The Freak. Yeah. That's quite a good defensive position.
2: Well, I don't know. I don't have many friends. Um, I mean, the friends I did have were brilliant, and I'm still friends with them today. Okay. But um, it was an isolating period of time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a period of time where you feel sort of... I was definitely... Definitely the outsider, which is a, you know, it's a comedy cliche, isn't it? I was so alone, I would just well, sit on my own. But I mean,
0: yeah, but, but yes and no. I mean, it's also might still be your true story. Like, yeah. not everyone had, some, not everyone was the class clown. Not yeah. everyone used comedy as an escape. And, and if you if you did do one of those things, if you did feel like an outsider, yeah, I just I, I could see you sort of like almost stepping back from that and going, oh, I suppose that's sort of everyone's thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in that.
2: Well, it's you know, I. I definitely wasn't the class clown. I, uh... yeah, I, 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 I struggled during school. It wasn't a happy period for me because, A, you know, I, I stood out in a Scottish school with an English Actions initially. I wasn't the toughest... Uh i had alopecia when i was younger so i'd lost half my hair so you already look a bit weird i was the only 12 year old girl at school with a comb over you know that's not good (laughs) in a period of your life when you really don't want to stick out and you're like oh god and then you know 12 13 beginning to realize i was gay and you're like right okay
1: oh man i've got
2: a comb over Gay, old English you girl. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Jesus, really? All of this?
0: So, um, And how did that... I mean, because we, we I'll be flippant about it now, but that must have been
2: incredibly tough. It, lonely, yeah. It, yeah, but it's... Um, I mean, the hair grew back, and I'm now happily married, so, you know, it all went well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah, you won, you
1: won. <laughs> so, I don't know, I
2: find
0: that... I, I, I remember feeling very lonely... When I was at school. Yeah. And I didn't stick out. And probably my reaction to you saying I was the freak, I've got quite a positive reaction to that. That was the yeah. defensive position yeah. that I took. I'd go, oh, right, well, I'll be a weirdo. And then they can't decide uh, that they don't then, like yeah. me because I've already well, decided that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah, it's. Um, uh, does it toughen you up? I, I don't know. I'm not a particularly tough person. I. Um, but it certainly. It certainly teaches you to live perhaps not within the main herd which is what I'm currently still doing you know doing this yeah. job you're not living within the main herd you know you often you often have people saying to you i don't know how you do it i mean you've got no job security you've yeah. got no you get up on stage you've just got your own words there's no there's no pension planning you just got yeah I'm just kind of used to not being with the main herd and actually the thought of being with the main herd
0: Horrifies me. Well, yes, I think that's that's really interesting because I feel like it's ne- it was never an option to get a real job. It was mm. never an option to be with the herd. But um, I wonder if that part of you at school, part of you, kind of goes right well this is who i am then if i'm if i'm a weirdo then, then actually d- I, then certain rules don't apply to me and is that yeah is I, that mean, I, freeing somehow or is there is there some relationship whereby what's attractive to you about comedy was the knowledge that it would provide you uh, an alternate non heard yeah lifestyle, lifestyle. Yeah,
2: yeah i can't imagine ever being able to work in an office where we have to sing a mission statement or indeed <laughs> even look like you give a shit. I mean, unless I was working for something like Medicine on Frontier or something that was, you know, had a real sort of soul or purpose to it, I I just can't fake it.
0: You can't, you can't be bothered to fake it. No, you don't want to fake get, it. I
2: wouldn't be able to give a sh- enough of a do you, shit.
0: Do you think it's something to do with the fact that the herd are the people who regarded you as a freak at school?
2: Yeah, possibly. Is this, do you kind of now they're you... all sat there amongst their IKEA furniture, living their standard lives? I think, fuck you, you twats. Yeah, I mean, why yeah,
0: they I mean, there loop- must yeah. be. There yeah, must there's be. be. <laughs> there's <laughs> got to be a part of Little Zoe yeah. going, "Ha! I've
2: fucking nailed this." <laughs> One of the people who bullied me at school is now living in a caravan with six kids, and I know it's an awful thing to. See. <laughs> but you know when you find out and you just go <laughs> yeah it's you
0: yeah. that's a side to you that i hadn't kind of noticed before <laughs> that you are not no, i mean not that i'm accusing you of anything awful but uh, like yeah I, there must be a certain amount of anger and a certain amount of uh, yeah
2: yeah uh, i mean i I've, i i'm never part of the I'm, i mean i i perhaps Again, I think a lot of people feel this. Again, you think you've got to ziplock it to a certain extent, but I've never felt part of the gang. I don't feel part of any particular comedy gang. I don't have that many comedy friends. I have certain friends who I'm very close with on the circuit, but only a very small few, mm. and just never part of the big group.
0: And is that that's because that's part of your, the way you view the world, is that you don't want to be part of the group?
2: Possibly, I don't know, maybe I'm an unpleasant person. To
0: be <laughs> oh, come on, you're a deeply pleasant
2: person. start <laughs> actually, the common denominator here is me. Isn't no,
0: it? no, 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 no. This
2: is <laughs> wherever I go, there I am. Um, no, no, but perhaps from surviving school, not being needed to be in a big group, I don't think you ever do need to be in the big group. And then I see people yeah. who need to be in the big group, and then you think you're only doing that because you're needy, and I'm not that needy. <coughs>
0: You'll have to remind me what this bit refers to. I made a note from that show of yours. It is, on the phone to bank. under the phone to your bank. I've made some very foolish investments. Oh
2: yes, what that's the that routine about? I do about smoking weed in um, Amsterdam. And uh, and and how how when you smoke weed as you get older, the effects are very different to when you're younger. I mean, I used to smoke quite a lot when I was younger. But if I smoke it now, it's just the things that sort of highlight in your oh, head. Oh, the anxiety, the yes. The anxieties, you know, when you're, when you're younger, it's like, "Woo, okay, I can smell colour. And, and now when you smoke, you're like, I don't have a pension! Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: that observation, that's great.
2: Yeah, uh, it's very... Uh, it, it's weird, isn't it? How you, yeah, one day you just sort of change, you're like, oh, okay, I'm now more concerned about... Uh, my financial future when I smoke dope. How do you feel
0: as a as a comic seeing comedians now barrel through who are younger and you know that way that the industry fetishizes yeah. youth? Do you feel that you're in charge of your career? Do you feel that you're where you want to be?
2: Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I my big problem in life is that I've never been able to set strong definable goals so i couldn't actually tell you if i'm where i want to be i'm all right where i am um uh i think society is very youth obsessed why not it's a beautiful thing and the skin pings back into place i think it's very short-sighted we're an aging population and audiences are changing and moving and just getting older they're not going away but they're getting older um i i you know there are people in the fifties and sixties who were you know 30 and 40 20 odd years ago who still weren't entertained and uh, i think it's very short-sighted to plow a lot of energy into into the youth market a lot of it do
0: you think you're i know what you mean i i find it very difficult to make goals mm. and i think in this In this job, it's hard to make goals because it's very difficult to measure Sometimes the
2: fucking stadium's moved. By the time you've made a goal, you're like, I have set myself a goal. Oh, the stadium's gone. The stadium (laughs) is gone. This is no longer an option.
0: Yes, but I do, I wonder now whether, uh, because we've been talking in these terms, I wonder whether setting goals, measurable sort of goals, feels like a bit of a herd thing to do. Maybe part of what attracts us to this is Mm -hmm. the fact that it's wild and indefinable and immeasurable in some sort of way?
2: Possibly, but then you do still have to pay the mortgage, don't you?
0: That is a definable goal. That's a definable (laughs) thing.
2: That's a definite thing that needs to be done and considered. And to do that, then you have to consider what you are doing and how you are going to change what you are doing over the next five years to still be able to do what you are doing in an enjoyable way.
0: Does the future for you in comedy does it have do you have any goals currently or does it stretch out in a kind of i'm going to keep doing this and the fact of doing it is is success enough i don't
2: know the only the only definite thing i know is i definitely will not ken dot it up what does that mean i will not be on the stage at 80
0: yes okay
2: i will not be there going no it's not me that will not do you have an here.
0: exit strategy plan? No, no. <laughs> but
2: I just no, find I it... will
0: die before I make people
2: eating. love old time entertainers who just keep going, and I find it the most tragic thing. To but watch. Ken Dodd wants to gig,
0: doesn't he? He Is gigs it, what, for what, so... what would you rather
2: he do? Sat in a chair? Just I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Because to you,
0: comedy is a means to an end.
2: Possibly, I don't know. I just do not want to be doing it when I'm eighty. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'll be the miserable old bitch in the in the care home with the chair facing the other way, while they're all going, "Come on, so let's sing around the piano." Go get fucked. I mean, I
1: really,
2: I don't. <laughs> I will not. No, just doesn't appeal.
0: I'm, it's interesting. I'm, I'm I mean, could of... you
2: see yourself doing it at that age? God, well, yeah. Welcome well. to
0: the stage, two girls. <coughs> <Daughter's Hey>! on. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. The idea of it doesn't horrify me. Yeah. In a way that it seems to horrify Horrifies you. Horrifies me. I don't know, it's interesting. I feel like I'm building a picture of you as kind of more of a maverick than I realised.
2: Mm, no, I more of a miserable sot than you realised <laughs> Maverick sounds cooler, just more of a slightly just, miserable It's just a cool sod. way of saying miserable Yeah, sod. yeah. No, but I think,
0: I think the idea is still... I would like to be able to do it if I want to. Yeah. I mean, certainly that's why I wanted to move out of street performing. When I started doing comedy about 11 years ago... Yeah. Um, I... I'd been an actor for a couple of years, and before that I was full-time as a street performer. Mm. And I remembered looking around because street performing, as we know, has got even less of a career plan or <laughs> fewer yeah, sure. prospects yeah. and know nothing over your head. Yeah, um, a than, lot of them haven't stand-up. even got
2: anything to lean their ladders against, have they? I mean, it's just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastards. <busted. laughs> um, but I remember seeing people I knew who were in their 50s doing street shows, and I remember thinking, I don't... I, I want to be able to do street shows when I'm 50. I don't want to have to because I didn't plan yeah. any other kind of job. So in stand-up, I suppose... No, one of, for me, one of, the, one of the nice things about stand-up is that you can keep you doing sure? it when you're old. You
2: can, you can keep doing it, absolutely. So why, I mean, is it so, why is it so horrifying? I don't know. It just really fills me with the thought of... I don't know. I think possibly because between now and then, I have set up a point where I will just... I will stop. In my mind, but I don't know. There's no other plan other than that. It will stop. Yeah, yeah.
0: And what will you? Do and I think. There? I think. Oh, go on. No, go on.
2: Because I love comedy. Absolutely love it, and I really enjoy what I do. But it's not my whole life. Uh, I enjoy other things. I'm just as happy sitting on a bench looking at a tree. I mean, I really. <laughs> and if I could sort of engineer a way of, of making a living, I so on if bench you won the lottery
0: tree. tomorrow, if you won Euro Millions and got twenty million quid, yeah, you'd give up comedy.
2: I would clear my diary. Would you? Yeah, and I would put in the ones that I just really wanted to do, just really, nice. really wanted to do. And
0: would how often think... would you put those in? Would you I... think I'll do one gig a month?
2: Probably four a month.
0: That's
2: interesting. Yeah, and I'd really enjoy them.
0: Yeah, who are we who are we working with? Is it Russ? Russ Piers? Piers, yeah. Piers, he's the. He's a no, lovely uh, He's yeah. a successful TV producer yeah. who's come to comedy later in his life yeah. and gone, yeah, I'll do this as a hobby. Yeah. And he looks like he's having an absolute ball. He's very funny.
2: I mean, there are people who would just do this until they expire, which is great and good for them, but it's really not for me. Yeah, I
0: feel like Monaghan's going to overrun his life. when he's 150. I
2: mean, I. I, I yeah, i quite like to be. A, I'd, I'd quite like to work in a forest or something, or uh, I'd go travel, i travel loads. Yeah. Or, yeah.
0: Yeah. I suppose when you put it like that, the idea of like, oh, if I won, if I won twenty million quid tomorrow, I'd still do all my gigs. You go, you're an idiot. Yeah, you've got to, an there's a lot dick. more yeah. to the world than just you
2: yeah, satisfying
0: your ego. And
2: I think I would enjoy it so much more. I think if you could take all of that pressure off, because you know, because you do certain gigs, because you got to, you got to keep going, you know. And um, yeah, if you could just really enjoy the ones that you did, that'd be great. What do you? Uh,
0: what do you enjoy in other people's stand-up? What things mark someone out for you? Like, who are your... sort of Not quite who are your comedy heroes, but what are the sort of things you like to see other people mm. do? I
2: like to see... I, I enjoy watching people who clearly are doing their own thing for themselves and don't necessarily pander to a crowd. Um... Uh, I think James Acaster and Sarah Pascoe at the moment are sort of two really strong examples of that. Catherine Ryan as well, I've really enjoyed it. I I
0: know almost nothing of Catherine Ryan. Oh, my God, she's awesome. I know she's she's exploding in a minute. I've seen very little of her stuff so far. She's definitely on the
2: list. And has that sort of... doesn't seem to care, uh, which is... uh, It's very magnetic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah, really good. So I enjoy... I enjoy people who... I don't know... um, Non-herd members again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. People not giving a shit, I suppose, is really lovely to see on stage.
0: And who were your who were your contemporaries when you started? What were, I mean? What were the circumstances of you starting comedy? You,
2: I had been to drama school. I'd left drama school. Which one? Which one? I went to? to the poor school in Kings Cross oh, in no London. Way. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so I'd done a little bit of fringe theatre and um, a very tiny amount of fringe theatre and. Um, I I genuinely played the comedic roles at, you, at, at drama school. I was okay. a sort of club-footed maid. But I love that. <laughs> I, but I, <laughs> I love that, and that's just me. You know, yeah. I love that, and I would, I would love to have more opportunities to play club-footed maids. I think I could really do well at that. Um... um and it was becoming obvious that the, and acting is a really weird world where you're like, mm. oh, wow, you're really dependent on somebody else putting your face in, the, in a place.
1: Yes, yes, And
2: it's got absolutely nothing to do with anything else other than your face, that place now. And you're like, oh, God, this is really... You can have no control over that whatsoever. Yes. So I started just... It's so a lot growing, less
0: alternative than it seems.
2: Oh, God, it's awful. It's yeah. a horrific world. Um, so I started to go and see lots and lots of open mic nights. Because um, I'd always loved stand up. I'd always loved watching it. So I went. Who to- were you
0: watching? Who, who were um, your, like before you started? Who were your? Kind? Well, it was
2: sort of it was it was Joe Brand and um, Ben Elton and uh, Julian Clary and then okay. you know uh, Robin Williams and you know the American acts and uh, Joan Rivers. Loved it. Always loved it. And had a very sort of romantic idea in my head of what a comedy club was. You know, it's, it's a brick-back wall, yes. it's low tables, it's little lights, it's, you know... It's downstairs at the, the King's Head. It's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what they all look like. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I uh, went to see loads of open mic nights. I had no idea how to write material. Some would say still don't. I, uh, I had no idea how to approach it at all. But I just went to watch loads of open mic nights and just went, God, some of these people are really good and some of them are <laughs> properly shit. So I reckon I could fit in the middle somewhere.
0: Yes, yes. Do you remember um, people, do you remember acts that you saw at an open spot level? I'm not asking you to (sighs) name any shit ones, but, I mean, do you remember... Oh,
2: okay, well, the first night, my first gig... Yeah. ...was Russell Kane's second gig. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. It was his second gig, it was my first gig. He was, and
0: he was doing, like, a thousand words a minute back then, wasn't he? That was when he started, he was, like, super full-on adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. God. So that was... So you started... When we, how did you write stuff in the beginning? Did you go on with any ideas, or did you just walk yes. on and face I, plant into my it? my first
2: I? five minutes at the it was at the King's Head in uh, Crouch End. I'd written a hilarious routine about the uh, sexing up of the. Uh, Weapons of mass destruction dossiers.
1: Hello, uh, that was your first bit. Yeah.
2: That was. Don't be, don't be impressed, you. Go it was on. really badly done. I sort of, I sort of reproduced them as a sort of Mills and Boon sort of <laughs> dossier. I thought was hilarious. That that's that's and it went down quite well. But it was only sort of you know it was only when I started doing comedy that I, that's what to go back to what right what I was saying at the beginning that I realised oh okay I'm I'm. I'm going to have to really think about what I'm writing and, and how I'm approaching this because I'm not the most original or creative. Um, so a lot of, you know, it's... Uh, I've had to learn learn how to do all those bits.
0: When you say that you're not creative, I'm fascinated by that because obviously you are creative. Yeah. Like all of it, you've, you've written at least six hours, not counting all the bits that were half decent but you cut. not yeah. You've written at least six hours yeah. of really funny stuff. Yeah. So you're clearly creative. You weren't just doing act-outs for six hours. No,
2: no. But it's... I, it's. So
0: it's, why, where does that belief come from that you're not creative?
2: I just don't feel that I'm original enough at times. It's so difficult. And I'm not even the first person to have had that thought today. <laughs> so it's... It's... Um, it's teaching yourself to try and be more creative, if that's possible, or more. or more. Can you teach yourself to be more original? I don't know, but it's the one thing that constantly bothers me that, that perhaps isn't quite there.
0: And is that based on something that someone said to you? Is that based on a review? Is that based on...? No,
2: not really. No. No. Why do you think you're not
0: creative? Nina Conti is obsessed with the idea that she's boring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Was is preposterous? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I'm just wondering that do people have these, these kind of hang-ups?
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just,
0: um... And do you talk to your wife about this? Do you go, oh God, I'm just not creative? And yeah, she slaps you and says something Dutch.
2: <laughs> she says something Dutch. Hits you around the head with a clog. Um, yes, and she would, she would argue that I was, but. Um, with all due respect to her, she's not, very, she's not a very creative person. I don't, she, would, she would be the first to admit that, you know. I see what you mean, she, yes, okay. Uh, if you ever try and play word games with her, it's just a nightmare. Let's play games, game, Cindy. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Think of the first thing that comes to your head. I'm not good at this. Okay, let's not do this. <laughs> let's not do this. Um, see, so yeah, it's just, it's just, that's my hang-up. That's my thing. And do yeah. you, can you see yourself ever... Here's
0: a question. Do you think that you will ever be able to think or learn your way out of that? Or is it such a precondition for you that even if you went on some incredible course for two years and learned about creativity and painted pictures and stuff, do you think that you'd still think, oh, no, but it's, it's just me blanking it? It's and... just
2: me blanking it. I don't know. I, I, get, I mean, I do try and write other things a little bit and... Uh... Possibly because it's on occasion I've been asked to come up. You know, when, when your agent goes to you, hey, you know, have you got any sitcom ideas? Mm-hmm. And you go, no.
0: <laughs> no, I'm a stand up comedian.
2: Absolutely not. I none. write stand up comedy. Absolutely fucking none. None at all. And they go, well, go away and never think about that. And you're like, okay, <laughs> still none. <laughs> still none there. It's not, not anything there. It's not anything there. Um, So this is this idea that you should be sort of producing loads of stuff all the time. Mm. You know, here's a script I've done and a sitcom. It's just not me. It's not me at all. It's not me.
0: So, of your existing stuff, what is the bit that you are the most proud of?
2: Um. been bits that I've just really enjoyed doing over the years that perhaps don't get the best response, Go but I've really enjoyed doing them. In a show a couple of years ago, I had a little a little scene between Monet and Manet who were getting pissed off because they were getting confused on the art circuit in France in the late 19th century. And I used to thoroughly enjoy doing that piece of material. Sorry, I think I just spat, Stuart. Sorry about that. I got so enthused by my impressionists.
0: <laughs> um, She's rabid with the artistic <laughs> And it was, fever. it was quite clever.
2: It was quite you clever. Know, it had a sort of cleverness to it, but it just... It because the thing that I really enjoyed doing, uh, uh, the reason I enjoyed doing that piece of material was because I thought, I bet there's fucking nobody else on the circuit doing Mone Mane stuff. <laughs> I bet this is original. Uh, <laughs> please don't
0: email in if you're <laughs> <laughs> And so it felt really original. Mm. It felt really different. And you, you didn't feel it got what it deserved.
2: Oh, no. It wasn't. Was,
0: it, was it a working bit? Could you it do it was... in a club or was it... Edinburgh? Oh,
2: well, hello. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What these stags really want to hear about is the confusion between money and Manny in the late well, but 19th yeah, century.
0: Well, haven't you just said that your favourite acts are the people who carry on regardless doing what they want to do? Well,
2: I do now, but that means I don't do the clubs that won't allow me to do the stuff that I... I I've just stopped doing clubs that I don't feel comfortable in. OK. Yeah.
0: That's an interesting. That must be a really good day in a stand-up's career.
2: It is, and you know, you got to, you know, you take a financial hit, obviously. Yeah, but on the other hand, do. you never need but to do But you this know club what? Again. It's so much better than turning up and weeping in the corner because you feel so depressed at where you are. And I think it's never a good start to an evening if the entertainment is crying in the corner. Hi, I'm your entertainment. I'm really, really happy to be here. Are you
0: being defensively funny about it by saying crying in the corner or I have, have you cried ever cried before a gig? Yep. Before a gig? Yep. yep. Oh, you poor bastard! Oh. Tell me about that. I've cried after gigs. I've sat in the car after a TV warm-up, yeah, and I felt like a Net Benning in uh, in American Psycho and I had a little weep, just weeping and staring at myself in the mirror and going, yeah. "What are I
2: doing?" No, turning up. I think it was Nottingham Jonglers, as it was, uh, oh, yeah. and just turning up outside the, and there was the just, tear
0: maker. It was just, <laughs> it was
2: just a sea of women with doodly bopper cocks on their head, and I just thought, "This is ridiculous, though." You are so miserable. The smell of bleach and vom in the air at 9pm. This isn't what comedy's supposed to be. I was like, this isn't what... This isn't red brick with low tables and candles. This is Mm -hmm. not what you had in your head. And I did them for about five years.
0: And was there value? Did you get anything out of those sorts of gigs?
2: Well, I think you do learn. I mean, you learn how to do... You know, you... I have thrived, died and survived those gigs in equal measure. Um, But come away with a with any sense of fulfilment? No. No. I've said words I didn't want to say. I made things rhyme with dick. It's never a good feeling, is it? <laughs> and when you do well at those gigs, you kind of go, I feel even worse now. I called somebody a C-word. And Yes, yeah, so worked. Doing, and, it and, and it got And it a laugh. and it got a laugh and somebody's shirt was gay and that was hilarious. And oh, God, the... You know, it's like, oh, God. So I just stopped it's doing them. It's not very
0: alternative, is it? It's like to perform to the herd. And, and in some sense, it's quite literally yeah, the herd, herd of identically dressed,
2: Yeah. you know, so stags, you,
0: hens, whatever.
2: You can, you can do a couple of things. You can complain about them and still do them or just complain and then just stop. Just don't do them anymore. I'd mm. rather stack shelves and do those gigs anymore. Mm. I would. I've done them and I, would, and I won't do them again. Because it's, it's not what it is in my mind. It's not what comedy is in my mind. It's not at
0: all. And are you? What's your What's your comedy ambition? What's your professional ambition? I know you don't like to set goals, but is there a particular like? Is it? Is there a particular club in America you want to play, or is there? No, I'm not that interested in breaking the stage. People people get get? really
2: obsessed with breaking the stage, and they go even. You know, Robbie Williams couldn't do it and he sang (laughs) Angels. Um, No, you know, if you can't break Milton Keynes stables on a Saturday night, don't fuck off to LA and try and do that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Um, I would very much like to get into the position where I was doing tours and was able to comfortably sell a 300-seater. That's a lovely number, I think. Because you've
0: been on tour just at the minute?
2: I'm on tour at the moment, yeah. Is this your first tour? No, I've done about four Okay. Yeah. Oh, little, little tours. It's sure. tiny. The tour I'm doing at the moment is is a is a is a tiny, tiny little tour, um, and I think that must that would be really lovely to be able to comfortably sell a three, four hundred seater, um, doing an hour and a half of mm. of your shtick.
0: And is that, in terms of like getting additional numbers in, in terms of like wanting that tour to be everything it can be? Mm. Are you like, you've got radio... You know, you've got radio profile, have you? Kind of Radio for you sort of turn up on things? You turn up Very on... Very rarely not on Radio week, 4. I do Mock the on...
2: Week, I do not the Week. I've got... Um, I've just filmed a spot on the John Bishop show that's going to go out in a couple of weeks' time in, in BBC. So I get things like that every now and again, and they're quite nice. Um, so, yeah, sort of, it sort of bobs along. Bobs along. Um... But I think to be able to get to a position where you're doing nice numbered tours, and I don't mean big rooms at all, I mean 300, you know, that's, yeah, that would be, yeah, I'd really enjoy that, yeah.
0: We should wrap up, but first I would like to ask you, I've got two final questions. One is to review yourself as honestly as you can. If you were Mm -hmm. a reviewer reviewing you, Mm -hmm. what do you think your weaknesses are? What do you think your strengths are?
2: uh she did a cracking show uh, <laughs> uh filled the stage with enthusiasm and energy um occasionally uh <laughs> this is really hard you. how are you supposed to do this um and 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 did a five minute piece about a danish banana that really i haven't considered before but now <laughs> bless you my child but now you don't need Trevor, to do it in the voice
0: of a reviewer you're <laughs> the only person that's responded to this challenge by sitting back and going well, well here's what i thought
2: I know. i've combed my hair to one side and i'm going to do it in the voice of a reviewer um i suppose what i'm asking touched upon is... subjects that some would have thought really didn't need exploring <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i suppose what i'm asking is we know what your strengths are yeah but what do you consider are the elements like do you do you see other people going, oh, I wish I was a bit more like that. I wish I had that person's yeah. you know, finesse or imagery or yeah. something. You know, what what kind of bits are you Could have cut to the
2: quick quicker.
0: <laughs> cut to the chase. Cut to the chase more quickly. Cut to the
2: chase more quickly. Yeah. Is I that what what does that
0: mean? Do you want shorter um, Uh
2: It's it, i tell you what it is, because occasionally I throw Blumange at a wall and see which bit sticks. So uh, being a little bit more organised in the approach would be perhaps... Yes. Uh, uh, ..something for her to consider in her next show. <laughs> 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 and
0: finally then, um, what advice would you have for newer acts? And but you can be as specific as you like, because a lot of newer acts...
2: Never agree to, to do a friend's wedding. <laughs> Never, ever do that. Don't do somebody's birthday... Um, never book yourself in for longer than you're capable of. Oh, really? Don't do that. Nobody's going to be impressed if you turn up with your baggy 10 and try and do a 20. Don't. Do what you can do. I've done that and died on my ass Because you just think, oh, I'll wing it for the next 10 minutes. And you can't, you know, not when you haven't been going that long. So don't book yourself in for a 10 if you've only got five. Do what you're capable of doing. Don't be scared of doing the same stuff again and again and again as well, sort of getting it right.
0: Is and that I, what you did? That's what I think of as the Rod Gilbert technique. You no, have a five think, that gets incredibly good and then add a minute that's incredibly good. No, I was good. a bit
2: more ramshackle. That was the most thing. I was a bit more um, haphazard. And uh, I think, yeah, I think there is a, there is a real uh, benefit to taking your five, ten, fifteen, twenty and honing it and, uh, and getting that really good and then sort of branching out from there.
0: Do you play the comedy store? Yes. You're yes. one of few women that play the comedy store. I
2: know, store. I have to dress up as a man to get in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who, are, who are the other girls that play the comedy store?
2: Um, Kerry? Kerry plays the comedy store, Joe Caulfield, um, Gina when she's in town, um, I, don't, I can't think of anybody else at the moment. I don't know whether Lucy still does it or... And what
0: what... Is it, given that Catherine, there
2: are... Catherine probably does. Catherine, Catherine probably Ryan. does it, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I've never gigged with another woman on the bill.
0: It's a really difficult one because I want, on this show, I do like to explore the issue of why do people have this hang-up that women aren't funny... What should we be doing about it, all the rest of it? But I feel like as soon as you mention the issue Do you know of what? It's, You know what I mean? It's like it's, why don't we just stop fucking talking about yeah. it and maybe it'll go away?
2: It, I I have I reluctantly engage with that yeah. with that with the question of the notion, you know. I yeah. um uh and it often it amazes and amuses me that it's Often women who come up to you after a gig and go, oh, I like you, I don't normally like women, I don't normally find women funny. And you're yeah. like, well, your evening's out must be a right old barrel of laughs, wasn't they? 20 girls, none of you finding each other funny? Yeah, yeah. of course, it's insane, isn't it's, it? What, what, you've never laughed at each other, made each other laugh, engaged in humour? What are you, some sort of vessel? To <laughs> <Some> void, <laughs> vacuous vase of a woman? Get out of my sight, I don't want to be anywhere near you. We have nothing in common.
0: That is the final word on the subject. (laughs) Thank you, Zoe. Thanks for talking to me. a pleasure. So that was Zoe, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, apologies for the sound quality—not uh, in that episode, but in in these bits that I'm recording for you now. Um, so that's all from Zoe. Thank you to her for coming on the show. Thanks to Nathan for all his efforts, as per usual. And uh, follow at Comcompod to find out those Edinburgh Fringe guests. And remember, Will Anderson on the second of June at Soho Theatre, and Adam Buxton, uh, Doctor Buckles himself, Count Buckyles on the seventh of July. So that's all for now. Thank you very much. I will speak to you very soon.
1: Amen.